Thank you for joining us here at First Baptist Church of San Antonio, whether online or on broadcast, in your homes or wherever you may be. We want you to know that you are more than welcome to be a part of the life of this church. And we want you to know that we want you to meet Jesus today. In order for this to happen regularly, we need your support. We need your prayers and we need your financial gifts. Please continue to give and be a part of what we do today. Let us turn our attention now to a portion of our reverse text this week. We are going to read aloud together Joshua chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. So if you'd find that on your listening sheet, we're going to read this aloud together. So let's stand and let's read. This then is the text for today. And the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them, and she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it came about when it was time to shut the gate at dark that the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them in the stalks of flax which she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued them on the road to the Jordan, to the fords, and as soon as those who were pursuing them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. When we heard it, our hearts melted, and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in the heavens above and the earth beneath. May God bless the reading of His Word. We don't know exactly how she knew, but she knew. Rahab knew of the all-encompassing power of Israel's God. And it wasn't just her that knew. Everyone had heard of the all-encompassing power of God. This story of God's wrath and judgment and fury had spread widely. A, a rumor had grown and was continuing to grow ahead of Israel so that everyone that they encountered feared the wrath of their God. In verse 9, Rahab begins to tell us what they all heard, that those who stand in the way of the Hebrew God melt 
and they melt quickly. Unable to withstand the searing heat of God's holiness. The rumor was that the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob harnessed the power of a thousand sons in war so that anyone who stands against him will liquefy like an ice cube on a summer parking lot. You see, we see this kind of melting every summer. If you leave a cup of ice in the console of your car, it doesn't stand a chance. If you leave the ice there and you go into HEB to pick up your groceries, by the time you come back, the ice will have melted away. It loses its entire structure. And in the heat of the sun, as it melts down, it will eventually evaporate into nothing. So Rahab is standing in front of two Israelite spies. And she tells them, all of us have heard. Every one of us here have heard that the enemies of God melt away with no resistance. The enemies of God become a puddle in an instant. And that information had had its impact on the city of Jericho. As that word spread through the entire city, many began to do different things. There became this flurry of activity within the city. You see, when the people of Jericho heard these stories of God's wrath, they, they, they scrambled. And the, the leadership of the, the city began to scramble more than anybody. Because the, the leadership default, uh, defaulted to what they knew of their leadership measures. They needed to be proactive. That's what leaders do. Leaders step out and proactively make sure that their people are safe and protected. So this is what the king of Jericho decided to do. He decided in his fleshly wisdom to send out his soldiers to go find these two spies. And he was going to bring them back before his throne. And he was thinking, if the Israelite spies stand before the throne of the king of Jericho, maybe that would be a deterrent. Now, we don't know the king of Jericho's intentions here. But he wants a meeting. Maybe it's a warning for them, or maybe it's a warning for him. But the king of Jericho is expecting and hoping that God and God's children will compromise their mission by deferring to him. That's, that's where he put his hope, that these spies will defect and they'll stand with me instead of God's army. You know, this is like a little kid fretting over the summer heat. And, and the child decides to take the top of their snow cone and throw the top of their snow cone at the sun, hoping to make the day a little bit cooler. It's frivolous. It's an exercise that, that reveals the naive nature of our efforts. And it reveals to us the, the, the painful reality that our ideas and our plans and our hopes and our dreams and our effort melt away as insignificant sideshows 
when approached by the holiness of God. You see, this king of Jericho wasn't going to deter God with mindless meetings or countermeasures. God was not going to be impressed by the throne room of the city of Jericho. You see, and as we look at this from afar, we categorize it as senseless a few thousand years later. But we make it a habit of behaving in this very same way, that when we see God approaching and the holiness of God begins to illuminate our life, we're filled with all kinds of conditions that we throw out to God to point God in a different direction or for God to do something different with us. We come up with plans and conditions. We come up with all kinds of actions to redirect God towards our ways instead of His own. And when we do these kinds of things, our efforts are proven weak and we meet the same fate as the king of Jericho. Rahab, though, Rahab had the right idea. The king of Jericho and all of his people, they were, they were scurrying to take care of themselves. Rahab sees the army of God coming and she surrenders. See, she's a perfect example of how we're to respond to God. When we hear of God's greatness, when we read the miraculous stories that we've been reading in the Old Testament, when God convicts us of sin, the only proper response is to surrender. And in your flesh, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to behave like the king of Jericho. You're going to want to defend yourself. When God begins to convict of sin or when the holiness of God begins to reshape our lives, our fleshly instinct is to defend ourselves against God's ways, to defend ourselves against God's purification, to push back and give a defense of why we behave the way we have behaved. Let me encourage you this morning. Don't defend yourself. It's a frivolous thing. You're not to call for a ceasefire. You're not to construct a counter strategy, but to fully surrender unto God and His armies. See, the only hope for us of not melting away is to bow down to the eternal will of our God. And what's amazing in this story, when these two Israelite spies show up at Rahab's door, she begs for mercy. See, this is us today. This, this is our example today. Beg God for his mercy. Too often as the holiness of God warms our heart, we, we ask him for more time. We want God to wait. We do our best to step back or, or even run away from Him. But the, the Spirit is encouraging us this morning in Rahab to stop and to surrender. And that we know in this story is relived over and over again in the Old Testament and the New. When you beg God for mercy, 
God will deliver you. God's promise is in his compassion to bring you through and to the other side. You see, as the story of Rahab goes, she, she pulls the spies up onto her roof. And she begins to explain herself to them. And she says, we, we have heard these stories. We keep hearing these stories of how God melted his enemies away. In fact, she brings up two. She says, there's two stories in particular that have changed my life and have changed what I believe. The first of those two stories is one we know well. It's the story of the Red Sea. That there was a moment when the nation of Israel, when they're fleeing the Egyptian army, are caught in an impossible situation with the Red Sea on one side and the Egyptian army on the other, they were dead. They were out. This was over. And God reached down from heaven and moved untold amounts of water so that they could walk ahead on dry land. And as Israel came out of the Red Sea on one side, that same sea destroyed the Egyptian army on the other. God brought astounding victory that could only be attributed to him. Now, see, some people hear that. Some people hear stories like this, like the king of Jericho, and they start to wonder how they're going to counteract that. They start to wonder, how am I going to respond to this? How can I prepare myself for this? What is it going to be like for me to stand face to face with that kind of God? That's a wrong question to be asking. See, Rahab continued on. She said, there's a second story that I heard too about those two Amorite kings. She said, Numbers 21. How, how Israel had asked King Sihon for permission to pass through the land. They, they weren't even going to fight him. They just needed to get through. They needed a road. And they asked for permission to travel down this road. And King Sihon instead said, I don't want the nation of Israel anywhere near me. And he gathered up his whole army to go and attack. And as number, numbers goes, in one verse, he and his whole army were dead. Then the, the nation of Israel, they, they kept marching forward into Og, in fact, this, I want you to read with me again, Numbers 21, verses 34 and 35. Pastor Aaron read this earlier in the service, but I want us to see this again. Numbers 21, verse 34. But the Lord said to Moses, do not fear him, for I've given him into your hand and all his people and his land, and you shall do to him as you did to Sihon, king of the Amorites, who lived at Heshbon. So they killed him and his sons and all the people until there was no remnant left. And they possessed his land. Here's two more kings. That what they saw as they encountered the army and children of God is they decided that they were going to fight back. That they were going to push back on the kingdom of God and not let the kingdom of God take any territory of their life or their home or their ways. And as they pushed back, they melted. They melted until there was nothing left of them. Now, the other side of this, though, is Rahab. 
When Rahab heard these stories and was confronted with the army of God, she surrendered. The fear of God so engulfed her heart that everything in her just wanted to wave the white flag and beg for mercy. May that be true of us this morning. May we give up what God has been calling us to give up. May we fall to our knees and repent of that which he has called us to repent of. Now, I know some of us are overthinkers. Some of us think we can find a loophole or a way out of these kinds of things. But Rahab didn't think like that. She never once imagined she could slip away past God's judgment in the night. And so she put her whole life, everything, everything that she has, her whole family, into the hands of God, saying, I trust you. You see, if she had to choose between submitting to the kingdom of God or submitting to the king of Jericho, there was only one option in her heart. Choose God and let the world go. Choose God's kingdom and give up everything I've built for myself in Jericho. I'm going to give up everything to be with the kingdom of God. Would you leave your life on this earth? Would you leave everything behind so that you can live in the kingdom of God? Rahab did. In Joshua chapter 2, three times in this chapter, it tells us that the enemies of God melt. That they are unable to resist his power. And life is set up like this. This story still holds true today. That on, on one side, we, we see those that are faced with this inferno of limitless power in our God. And our, our God is able to consume us in an instant as with a lake of fire that is so hot that you disintegrate before you even touch the flames. You see, and on, on one hand, there, there are people who stand in, in front of God's fury. And they stand over here and they throw ice cubes at him. Thinking they're going to last a little bit longer. See, they don't want to follow God. They don't want to listen to what God has to say. They've never wanted to follow any of his commandments. And they're so hard-headed that they take the ice out of their drinks and they sling it at God. Hoping for another second. See, this is the best we can come up with. This is, this is what it's like when we try to do anything other than follow God and His plans and His ways. You see, as it is, when we would rather do what we want to do 
When, when we would rather follow our own plans rather than God's plans, we are flinging ice at an inferno. But this life, it's, it's not about you. It's not about your plans. It's not about your dreams. This life is not about what you want. If we are going to flourish in this life, the only way forward is following the will and ways of God. Even as Christians in our sanctification, we, we haven't gotten this down yet. When, when God lays plans out for us, we, we look ridiculous. We try to come up with our own ways and we're throwing snowballs at the sun. Your way is not going to work. There's only one way forward. God's way. The truth and the life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see, those that are on one side of God's fury, we know there's another. And on this other side are those who walk with God. Similar to the Israelites who are walking with God from Egypt towards Jericho. And every step of the way, they find fresh water. They don't even have to fight. All they have to do is walk with God from puddle to puddle as God meets every one of their needs. They never wanted for anything. They're saying, this is what it's like to be in the kingdom of God. To, to, to be in the kingdom of God, there is no worry ever once of defeat. There's only fresh water to drink. You see, as it is, the, the power on these two sides never changes. Sometimes there, there are people over here who go and get them a 20-pound bag of ice, and they, they think they've got some power here and now, or that they're going to last a little bit longer against the fury of God. But the difference is so minuscule that it's undetectable over the course of history. See, that's, that's one side. The other side as the children of God drinking fresh water behind the fire of God's fury. Now, what's amazing, though, is throughout the course of Scripture, we see an opportunity. There are these moments that show up where God allows his enemies to switch sides. You see, Rahab was over here. Rahab was an enemy of God. And not only was Rahab an enemy, it, Rahab was a prostitute for the enemies of God. And God so revealed his power in her heart that she was offered an opportunity to leave the old life behind and become a part of the children of God in and of the lineage of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. See, God gave her an opportunity to surrender and to come over and be a part of his kingdom. So this is the way God works, that if you will give up fighting and kneel before him, his mercy will allow you to live. Now, if you haven't yet surrendered to God this morning, now is the time. The consuming fire of his judgment is, is cresting over the horizon. And, and it's only a matter of time before you melt in his presence. 
saying, will you put down your personal arsenal of ice cream and walk with Jesus? Will you let go of, of what he's been calling you to let go of and surrender completely unto him? You see, the, the Spirit moves among us this morning and, and teaches us from Rahab. The Spirit of God is calling out again, give up, let go, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let's pray together. Our Lord, we, we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to your ways. Lord, we, we pray that in these moments you would reveal yourself to us. And that like Rahab, we would gain a heart for you. Lord, that we would trust you. Submit everything to you. So Lord, we, we pray in this time that your spirit would prompt us and each and every one of us would be obedient. It's in the name of our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.